Welcome to Tech Talks, the technology podcast with David Savage and Jack Pierce, publishing on Mondays and Thursdays. This is the show packed full of interviews and debate with technology leaders for the love of tech. On today's show, we are interviewing Kate, blogger, Forbes contributor, and uh, website manager of Kate Goes Tech. She is a transhumanist. But before that, hiya, Jack. Hello, Dave. How are you? Very well, my friend. Very well. How are you reacting to the news that they've discovered Sauron's eye and it's not in uh, did you? Have you I, I just uploaded an Instagram story because the, uh, the Reddit front page is just awash with this. Um, yeah, it's fucking fascinating news, though, isn't it? Like, honestly, it's... It's a major landmark in like space exploration, or well, not exploration, but understanding it. And incredible, you can see the light being sucked in by gravity, Dave. I love how the 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 ring on the near side is lighter than the light on the far side because of how it's spinning, and 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 you know, just this, you can physically see it. It's not theoretical. It's like, oh, that's that's how it acts. I also read yeah. one thing that was at absolutely mind-blowing and I just sat at home trying to work it out in my head but um, because of the way that it bends light if you were stood on the event horizon you would be able to see the back of your head what yeah jeez I mean space is so cool I was try. I was genuinely sitting there trying to work out hang on a minute so what what would what would it look like? What, I mean, because you'd be able to see the inside, because apparently it bends light in a perfect loop. So would you just see the back of your head? Or would you see all points along that? I don't really know. Dave, it's not worth thinking about because it's even you trying to explain it then is frazzling my mind. So leave, leave it to the pros. I mean, just the stats around it as well are just fascinating. Like, you know, the, it's, it's, it's kind of sucked in the light of six billion suns um it's 55 million light years away it's in another galaxy it's just all this stuff that makes you go ouch like it's all like what that does to me is just how insignificant are we i mean not this podcast but us as a race (laughs) (laughs) Uh, human beings as a whole we're we're not even a speck of dust in the galaxies it's ridiculous and I guess, Dave, that can kind of give you a tenuous link. Uh, it did. Oh, look, I mean, this news story coming out today, uh, not only does it show how topical we are, Jack. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, there's, there's, there's a link there definitely into transhumanism because mm. why should we care that we've discovered a black hole? Or that not we've discovered a black hole, we've always thought they're there, but being able to picture one. Like, why does it matter when we're facing the realism of Brexit and everything? crap like that but i don't know it's always been that thing no that we we but, do that because as we evolve we, we've got to where we are humans have got to where we are because of curiosity and evolution and those things go hand in hand and doing something like this like there is no point in doing it but it proves that we can we, we can try but what it says to me is that there's other species or alien life form light years away that's probably looking at us which you know when you think about in the grand scheme of things Facebook are doing that already and yeah, yeah. you know Google you know it forces, <laughs> us, it forces us to think in a different way it forces us to consider concepts theories ideas differently to how we previously had done so 
And in the conversation that we're about to have with Kate, the whole point about transhumanism and relating it back to modern business is if you accept that some of these things may well happen, it can change your thinking and cause you to think about things in a, in a slightly different way, whether you would, whether you agree necessarily, I suppose, with, with some of the hypothesis, there's a benefit in that if you accept that certain things may come to pass, it may force you to change the way that you act today. Wow. Uh, and it's not so tenuous. I mean, that's not a tenuous link, right? No, it's seamless. Um, I mean, I did think we could talk about Darcy leaving Strictly, but I think we'll stick with the black hole. Uh, <laughs> who's, Dar- who's Darcy? Darcy Bustle's leaving Strictly, mate. What, is your judge? Yeah, that's the other massive news of the day. Never mind. We'll get Dave, I, she wasn't a judge when I last watched it. It was Len Goodman, Anthony Revel, what's-his-face, little Gino DeCampo fella, and uh, Alicia Dixon. Gino DeCampo's a fucking Italian chef. What was the, I don't know strictly uh, that he looks like him in my mind, right? I'm not just marginalizing all Europeans, that's just the image I have in my head. Let's just move to the interview, eh? <laughs> Myself right. and Jack will be back with some, with some comments in a minute. So, today we're talking to Kate. Kate, you're a Forbes contributor, you have a website called Kate Goes Tech, kategoestech.com, not.co.uk, exactly. It's dot com, and you're what well, you. I don't know whether to say you're a transhumanist or you just it's something that you study. What's the best way of describing your belief? I must say that I never studied anything related to technology or any kinds of beliefs whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, I was studying politics for quite a long time. Right. Uh, all my bachelor's and master's. And um, after some considerations and after being accepted to Colombia for PhD mm-hmm. on on politics actually, I understood that this is not exactly where the world is going yeah. and what will define the future of humanity in years to come. So um, I switched to technology, and um, yeah, uh, my interest in uh, technology, AI, and transhumanism just arose very organically. I've got to be honest, I'm not overly familiar really with what transhumanism is. So it'd be good to kind of get a layman's kind of overview of what what it is as a subject. Oh yeah, I did expect this question. (laughs) I have it all the time whenever I mention it. And uh, very often people just associate it wrongly, I must say, with the digital escapism and uploading one's consciousness into a server or some virtual reality, which I do not think is the true representation. In fact, it's just um, being able to improve ourselves mm-hmm. as we are, as humans, and treating being human as a feature, which can be enhanced, not as So a augmentation. Part. Yeah, it's an augmentation. And we already have lots of means for this, like CRISPR technology, gene editing, and we're actually doing it already just not very widespread. So what examples are there where it's, it's happening and providing some kind of benefit to people or society that, that you kind of point out and go, there's a good example? Oh, I would say uh, there is lots of things happening in this century, um, even, even during the end of last century that enabled people to live so much longer and healthier lives. Um, the problem with all of this is very often when we live longer we just expand our 
elderly mm -hmm. life without extending the youth. And this is one of the issues transhumanism is trying to tackle with the very innovative technologies. So there are many solutions and you have to be probably quite open-minded to some of them. Mm -hmm. Just an example, there are lots of independent transhumanism and longevity gatherings happening in Silicon Valley or in London, organized by numerous uh, leaders in tech. And they're trying to find pretty much any solution that would allow them to live longer and more productive lives, be it biohacking or some oxygen-infused cameras or psychedelics. Pretty much anything will go. I, that's interesting when it's like pretty much anything will go because with the idea of CRISPR, I suppose you could, you know, you, you, you said yourself in, in notes that you sent over to me that it would allow us to reverse death perhaps looking at you know, kind of human genes and, and that those kind of things that people un, unquestionably accept could kind of be flipped on the head and reversed but with that comes a question of morality and i suppose then a question and of regulation and Absolutely. whilst you're talking about transhumanism and it kind of sounds a little bit science fiction and people might think of altered carbon or something along those lines it's kind of funny because I, I suppose those those big conversations can actually be a prelude to, to conversations about how better to regulate tech that can be grounded in, in enterprise technology and businesses and how they operate. Well, absolutely. I think it's a very valid question. And uh, this is why I'm writing the blog and contributing to numerous issues on transhumanism like the one uh, we're issuing with the founders of um, Alcor um, in June. Alcor is a cryonics mm. um, institution. Um, I think immortality should be treated just in the similar way as the possible singularity. Mm -hmm. We should start anticipating the consequences of it now and create numerous institutions like the future of life by um, Max Tegmer, because we need to tackle the ethics element of it. If we don't, then we just end up with the altered carbon scenario, mm. as you were mentioning, where capitalism goes crazy and just tiny elite is controlling robotics and machine production, and all the rest of us are doomed to annihilation basically mm. to to nothingness but i don't think it should be this way and if i was a billionaire i would think twice before i go into this way of altered carbon because it's just impossible to escape or to create the barriers from another billions of population. That's why we should really strive to make everyone better off. I think that's the only solution, ultimately. It's, it's kind of, they're really big topics, right? Um, but where's the point in caring about transhumanism when Gen Z right now focused on the environment, on the future of the planet? Uh, you know, you look at the differences between millennials and Gen Z. Uh, millennials wanted to build things Gen Z seem far more preoccupied about whether or not there's going to be a planet to inherit. You know, oh, when, yeah, when we're always. asking questions around, should, can we live forever? What can AI do for us? How can we augment our human bodies? It seems like the, the 
I, I suppose the question for the for the rich, fabulously rich and famous, where like, like you say, everybody else there there are more immediate matters to be concerned about, right? Yeah, that's very true. And now the the environmental movement finally is getting the strength it deserves with Extinction Rebellion and many other uh, initiatives going on. However, I do think that people who ultimately decide the fate of the earth, the fate of humanity, many of them, decision makers, are, let's say, politicians or billionaires. Those people are not millennials or Gen Z. Those are people who, who know they're mortal and know at some point, probably not such long time from now, they would die. That's why, why should they really care about the planet all of us are about to inherit? Transhumanism in its turn and the hope for potential immortality gives these decision makers, these people, the very incentive to start acting today. And I think this logical conundrum is really something that we should look at and in this case, it's precisely transhumanism rather than multiple environmentalist movements that will be able to save the planet. Because, you know, what's the point of living forever in a trash bin? So it creates the conditions for that argument to have more relevance, you think, to the people who ultimately, unfortunately, yeah, to, to, pull, to pull the strings. decision makers. Just, just imagine that Trump was 20 years old today or 15 years old. Would he say that there is no climate change if he knew that he's the one who is going to be suffocating from CO2 in 30 years mm. or, or that his villas are going to be swallowed up under the deep waters? No, he, he would care much more mm. and most people would. And to be fair, we knew all the facts about climate change back in 80s. Mm. So why didn't we take any action? It's not like people are stupid. They just couldn't care less. You obviously studied politics initially. I suppose it'd be quite interesting to get your views then, given what we're talking about around things like AI and, and leading edge technology, um, whether or not robotics is going to be uh, something that ultimately is a positive or a negative effect on society because if you look at some of the nordic countries finland have trialed universal basic oh sorry universal income yeah and do you think it do you think that universal income is a good thing do you think that robotics ultimately is a good thing for society yeah i i just finished reading uh peter thiel's book from zero to one um where he's comparing, uh, as he's calling, ludits, people who are super afraid of any kind of progress and robotization, with futurists like myself who are actively embracing the change and uh, try to promote it. I think that robotics or AI would never be a competition to us. Rather, they would be a complementary tool for people who are open and who know how to use it. Mm -hmm. Back to your argument about uh, universal basic income. Today, capitalism and the very culture of individualism is creating this all-encompassing fear that once there is nothing we can do or nothing we can contribute, then our life is pretty much over. Mm -hmm. If there is no work, there is no life. 
there is no meaning and we all end up consumed by VR porn, suicides and eating popcorn in, in, in front of the screen. But I don't think that has to be the case. If we don't have to, to produce anything, if there is nothing we can really do better than, than computers, the peer pressure and all the need to outcompete everyone else simply disappears. Mm-hmm. And we can just chill down. Of course, some people will be doing some, something else, but I think it will just boost more entrepreneurship, out of the box thinking and uh, enjoyment of life, mm-hmm. rather than this often quoted suicides and the losing of the meaning. It's just fear mongering. So suppose whilst transhumanism is a little bit ahead of where we are right now, it's, in, it's getting people to engage <laughs> with the ethical arguments and think about tech today and why we're, doing, why we're taking certain actions um, around the tech that we do have at our fingertips. Very often um, I'm being asked, why are you even talking about the implications of immortality? Mm-hmm. Like, let's try to get there first. Let's try to invent some universal solution, some medicine. That's the main question we should be preoccupied with. What then? What if we actually get to this uh, solution? We should start thinking how we are going to distribute it and what the criteria will be to achieve it already today. Mm. Because otherwise it will be too late. It's just the same point as singularity. Once machines become thousands and millions times smarter than us and they stop listening to our commands, it will be way too late to put any kinds of rules and checks and balances. If people go to kategoestech.com, there they can find a platform where a lot of these kind of subjects are discussed, right? Kategoestech is a philosophy of tech uh, platform where I'm trying to really question the development of technology. Way too often we are being, um, we, we receive lots of technology news with new features, but humanity is not able to comprehend it and we just don't have time to mm. notice all the changes. Do you remember 60s, 70s, our obsession with space travel? Well, I don't remember it. I've got grey hairs, but I don't remember it. <laughs> but yeah, okay. But, but you, you read sci-fi, yeah, yeah, just course. like myself. And I do read all these books, how people imagined we would be already traveling, traversing all around the galaxy mm. this time. 2019, 2020. Instead, we got Kylie Jenner, Instagram, and people who find the meaning of their lives in posting another picture online. Is technology really becoming an enablement tool in this case? Or is it just controlling ourselves? So we need to have a big project to aim at something that really pushes human endeavor rather than just Kylie Jenner on Instagram. Yeah, we need, we need to think about technology. We need to ask questions and be more critical. This is probably the main point why I started writing articles about technology and futurism. And that's why you are able to find um, articles about the implications of social media, space travel, transhumanism, and lots of other things on mm. Cato's tech. 
very soon I'll be opening a new transhumanist platform where I would um, connect our eternal quest for immortality with the need to preserve our planet for future generations. So stay tuned for this one. A small project then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super non-ambitious, yeah, yeah. but uh, I will announce this on Kate Goes Tech as well, as uh, it's absolutely interconnected with futurism. And I, I do believe the audience will be very similar. Okay. Well, look, it's a Friday afternoon, the sun is shining, so I will let you go. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Right, I, I think I think the first thing to to be to, perfectly clear, I don't think I need, I need to admit it, is that I am yeah. clearly on shaky ground at the beginning of this interview. I mean, Kate's incredible, right? So I, I yeah, I mean, no, you're a professional and amazing as always, David. But this is this is such a subject that when it's, I guess, delivered immediately into your face, it's gonna always be a tricky one. Well, no, but normally when I sit down opposite someone, it's like, right, we're going to talk about the cloud, or we're going to talk about uh, uh, inclusion, or we're going to talk about... Uh, oh, yeah, you're and you're an expert on all like, of these things so much, aren't you? Oh, shut up. No, I, <laughs> but I have an understanding about what we might be talking yes. about. When yes, you go, let's talk about transhumanism, it's like, uh, okay, yeah, sure. Mm, mm, mm. Where, where, <laughs> where do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> so that was quite entertaining and but it was fantastic to kind of I thought I thought that she did boil it down quite beautifully into that idea of being able to improve ourselves as humans and treating humanity as a function that we can enhance yeah the yeah the self-augmentation almost and I mean this is something that has absolutely besotted me ever since I joined the podcast you know improving human the human race with technology is as scary as it is exciting um i think i, I know and i know you two touch on uh, altered carbon which i'm yet to watch but i know the gist um, and you know the influences of capitalism and billionaires and stuff like that mm. if this technology were to fly off the shelves so to speak I mean, it's scary right but the the idea that you know you, you, we can enhance and augment ourselves as a race oh dave it's like a super cool xbox game it is it is but to make it less cool for a second, but more real, when we're talking about gene editing and we're talking about CRISPR, uh, say say you um, say you're 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 a woman who has a gene that is likely to mean that if you have a daughter, she has a, a hugely increased chance of con of contracting breast cancer, and you can single that gene and edit it out. Well, that wow. would be transhumanist, right? I should, yeah, yeah. One and that, have, has, yeah. that has very real relevance. But at the same time, it then asks the question of how do you regulate it? Lots of people get, in the States in particular, lots of people get very funny about this subject as a whole. And you mm -hmm. can understand why, you know, are we, are we, should we be playing God? Is it our place? Well, I fundamentally say if you can save lives, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But then access to that as well, you know? I could I just uh, I mean I just want to pick up on the semantics of that saying playing God that saying is only relevant if you do so believe in a God so I'm not saying all trans humans are nihilist atheists but you know make of that what you will I don't know I think you can be a scientist and you can have faith no absolutely 100% but I, I mean I just think that you know that that kind of playing God thing is there not anything more empowering than playing God yourself like I don't know, maybe I'm coming at it from a slightly warped perspective. 
Yeah, no, true. I mean, there were some moments here where I thought it's very dark, you know, the, 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 mm. the, the, the tackling of the ethics piece, you know, immort immortality. We should build functions and structures now. If I was a billionaire, I'd think twice because the barriers would be very difficult to maintain. That's, that's, that's a very pessimistic view uh, to take. But I did think it's realistic it was... too, though. I mean, I mean, Kate especially comes from a political studying background, and you know, you see the world around us right now, and how how the one percent act and, and and herd their wealth and things like that. It's you have to come at it with a certain level of cynicism and realism, yes. I guess. Yes, absolutely. And what I what I clung onto in in those passages and and trying to spin this into something positive, right? If, mm. if we think about the way that we talk about uh, there having to be a commercial argument for inclusion to get a board mm. on board, saying that it's the right thing to do simply isn't enough. Well, this transhumanism could be more effective than environmentalism at protecting the planet because why should Donald Trump care? I mean, fundamentally, I'd love it if Donald Trump was Sir David Attenborough because he's 93 <laughs> does care. Uh, it's, not, it's not that old people don't care about the future of the planet, but it would unfortunately appear to be the case that old buggers who are in power seem to care less. Um, mm. But if you can make it a commercial argument, I suppose in the way that we have with inclusion, then it holds more water. And, and, and I suppose that, coming back to your point, is the realistic view, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to touch on that 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 point about um, you know the old the old people and stuff. And <laughs> I, Kate taught me today that that perspective that they might have that why would they care about you know the Earth, the planet, the, our surroundings when they're not going to be here much longer? Maybe I'm coming at it from too much of a millennial point of view, thinking that they're just uneducated is what I always assumed, and maybe that is a bit of millennial arrogance in that as well. But it could simply be they just don't care and if that's the case then i that that sense of cynicism and realism can begin to diminish because as millennials and especially as gen z begin to get into the billionaire status and care more then maybe there is optimism around uh, transhumanism and stuff like that yeah yeah unless they unless we all turn into yeah, we all, we all end up like our parents or grandparents or whatever. Everyone starts off as the idealistic socialist who becomes the conservative. Yeah. Curmudgeon. Yeah, well we've, well, we've got belief that we won't. As long as we can get rid of this pesky government at the moment, maybe we have a chance. Um, I thought it was quite interesting as well about robotics. Uh, she mentions, you know, it would be a tool that is open to those who know how to use it. Now, I, that kind of sat with me a little bit uncomfortably. I knew it would. <laughs> We can already see in the digital economy that if you don't have access to the internet or you don't have mm. a smartphone, you can be locked out. And if you don't have the same level of education, again, you could be locked out. Uh, and, and internet access should be a basic human right in the modern age, but it's not. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And I can totally see what Kate's saying, but just to say that it's a tool that's open for those that know how to use it to improve our lives, well, that's not enough. We need to safeguard the right and the access of all people to these tools. Uh, otherwise, yeah. you're going to end up with, with an even greater disparity between the haves and have-nots. 100%. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Right, Jackson. <laughs> I, Sorry. I you jump in with more there, mate. <laughs> no. No. Fine. Uh, no, I, I agree. I mean... <laughs> We we know there's we know there's startups and uh, and businesses out there that are trying to get an equal playing field for you know like Buffalo Grid say trying to get internet everywhere but until the power shifts and until everyone does have equal access to things like this this is 
transhumanism is going to remain a dream, right? It's going to a distant reality. Um, but yeah, I, I'm encouraged though, man. I'm, I have to see this oh, from an optimistic point of view, right, as right. I'm sure you do too. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, there, there are question marks around one or two points, but fundamentally, you know, yeah. I think Gene Roddenberry would love Kate. Uh, <laughs> you know, she's basically but, describing the society in Star Trek. So I'm, I'm on board with that. No, absolutely. But can, can I just say um, the, the point that, that Barry, you made on in the 60s and 70s, uh, obsessed with space travel, love the fact that she thought you were born back then, for one. Um, but then <laughs> um, they, like, they assumed we'd be across the galaxy, like Star Trek, as you say, like uh, big programs like this. But I want to touch on one thing, and that is as early as the 90s, we were promised that in the not too distant future, we would have hoverboards. And I only see hoverboards like in concepts and on, uh, on, the, on, on rivers and lakes and seas. And, you know, and that's not even technically the same thing. So, yeah, I want to see more hoverboards, please. Right. So, so just to, to finish up on, Jack, uh, taking death off the table, what feature of humanity would you enhance? Oh, um... I'd give everyone the opportunity to be able to walk faster because slow walkers are just ridiculous and especially the streets of London and in the tubes as well. So I'm at a new office now. Here we go. Since I run. <laughs> and just, I, sorry, sorry, just quickly. This is such an anal answer. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not thinking big picture, but I just got the tube home and I would have been faster home had there not been so many slow walkers in and around Victoria, in and around the tube, on the tube, coming out the tube. Oh, oh, if I could give everyone like I don't know, just another mile an hour, maybe. Um, that, would, that would make my immediate life much, much better. But no, I, I would like to improve everyone's like. I think we should have that sort of um, Black Mirror-style device where we record all of our memories and we can replay them. I think that's as dangerous as it is cool, though. I don't know. I, I, think, I think we should probably have something like... Um, Here Google it goes. Google Maps' blue dot built in. I, like the amount of times that I've had to wait for Hayley because she's got lost. God, I'd love right. if humans didn't get lost. That would save yeah, a lot of time and strife. Oh, the, amount far... of, the amount of stress that, that, that would be saved. So of <laughs> all the creative opportunities, we've chosen an internal <laughs> GPS and to, to walk a bit faster. That's, yeah, we're pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, I, love, I love the very fitting music. I, it's a shame that someone came to deliver some beer to this bar that we were recording in halfway through. But... Um, the music oh, yeah, that the was an almighty clank. Oh, I know. The, the music in the background was so fitted. Uh, the, the conversation, totally unintentional. But at the, end, at the end of the interview, the guy who, was, uh, who owned the cafe kind of bar was like, oh, really interesting. I'll, I'll, have, to, I'll have to find your podcast. So I told him. So we, if he is still listening to the podcast, uh, then cheers, cheers for your coffee. Uh, very, yeah. nice, very nice place. Thanks, mate. Dave, I couldn't uh, hear the music. song. What was, what was the music? Well, I, I, oh, I couldn't make it out. It was kind of, I don't know, what you'd expect to hear in some kind of Zen Buddhist temple. I wouldn't expect very... to hear music there. Would, well, okay, fine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on that note, we'll go to our advert break. <laughs> Tech Talks are partnering with Alive and Kicking, a charity that set up businesses that manufacture beautiful sports balls across sub-Saharan Africa. Using profits from ball sales and additional fundraising from events like the Hackney Half Marathon, they're able to train sports coaches to deliver vital health education. We're about to hear from Naomi, a coach in Zambia, who's been trained to deliver mental health education to her community. 
Hello there. This is Coach Naomi from Zambia. I would love to say with Alive and Kicking training, which has helped me to teach my players about like mental health. It has really built my knowledge and they have passed through to my young players in, in the community. I also work with Special Olympics where we deal with children with disability, mentally and physically. I hope and trust that the Alive and Kicking will continue teaching coaches in various parts of the world, not just in Zambia. Thank you very much, Alive and Kicking. This is from, I've gone, I've gone left field here, Dave. This is from the MIT Technology Review, uh, their oh, website. Wow. Yeah, an article yeah, yeah. written by Antonio Regalado, and it is Chinese scientists have put human brain genes in monkeys and yes they may be smarter now there's there's two avenues i want to touch on in this point and it is like the interview the tech aspect and the amazingness of that and then also the the ethical side right so um i just want to try and nutshell this as much because it's a long old article so uh, bing su is the geneticist at coming institute of zoology right bing su okay this was the first attempt to understand the evolution of human cognition using a transgenic monkey model. Um, right, so can what you, they can found... You, sorry, sorry, mate, can you just explain what transgenic monkeys are? All right, hang on. It might just be better if I kind of breeze through this article because I'm not going to do it justice. Right. Um, scientists in southern China report that they've tried to narrow, narrow the evolutionary gap, creating several transgenic macaque monkeys with extra copies of a human gene suspected of playing a role in shaping human intelligence. Right. right. Uh, this was the first attempt to understand the evolution of human cognition using a transgenic monkey model, says Bing Su, the geneticist mm -hmm. at the coming into zoology. According to their findings, the modified monkeys did better on a memory test involving colours and block pictures. Their brains also took longer to develop as those of human children do. There wasn't much there. There wasn't a difference in brain size. Right. So that's that bit. And I need to just skip down. You might edit this bit out. Judging by their experiments, the Chinese team did not expect their transgenic monkeys could end up with increased intelligence and brain size. That is why they put creatures inside MRI machines to measure their white matter and gave them computerized memory tests. According to their report, the transgenic monkeys, monkeys didn't have larger brains, but they did better on a short-term memory quiz, a finding the team considers remarkable. Right? So make of all of that what you will. We are starting to edit monkey brains and they're going to be smarter than us. Like... Um, planet of the apes or whatever yeah i don't know whether they're going to be smarter than us but well they're going to remember it. more than us <laughs> they remember shapes and sounds um so anyway i want to go on to the next point use of transgenic monkeys to study human genes link the brain to evolution is a very risky road to take says james sakella a geneticist from the university of colorado it is a classic slippery slope issue and one that we expect to recur as this type of uh, research is pursued it's troubling to find this field is steamrolling at this fast pace. So we are, gen we are genetically modifying brains. The Americans don't like it. It's, Discuss. It's, it's trans macaque monkeyism. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not the first time I've heard that. It's kind of like Isle of Dr. Monroe, 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 Monroe. Anyway, Isle of Dr. Yep. Him crossed with, crossed with Planet of the Apes. If we as a race decide that we are going to do things to ourselves and we consent to that, fine. I don't know how I feel about messing around with monkey brains. 
can I just say um, that that they they go on to talking about as a as a race we should be moving away from experimenting on animals, which okay. I wholeheartedly and a million percent agree with. There, the findings are, are fascinating, but they're they're ethically and morally uh, just wrong. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't appreciate the findings that much when I know what the, how it's been composed. Uh, this <laughs> is a bit more grounded in um, the everyday, I'm afraid. Go on. It's from The Verge. It's an article yeah. by yeah. Jacob, uh, at Jake underscore K on Twitter. Facebook will limit reach of groups that share misinformation. I'm going to just read you a couple of lines. I'm going to jump around a little bit. But mm-hmm. Facebook is announcing a handful of updates today designed to reduce the reach of harmful content across its platform. So groups that repeatedly share misinformation will now be distributed to fewer people in the newsfeed. Uh, if I jump down a little bit further, Facebook are now starting to measure whether publishers are a big deal in general, like us, Jack, instead of just a popular <laughs> platform uh, when determining uh, how much newsfeed promotion they should get. And if we go down a little bit further, they're adding trust indicators. Um, dum, 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 dum. Its efforts have involved adding fact checkers, limiting the spread <laughs> of problematic stories. I don't know if I'm being really st- stupid here Mm. but if facebook know that the stories are problematic if facebook know that these stories are misinformative why are they only limiting them if they know that they are you know fake news for want of a better phrase surely Mm. they should just be stopping them full in their in their in their tracks not limiting them this is this is like making no progress at all, but they're they're trying to gloss it up as if it's a huge step for them. It's they've almost made a rod off their own back by li- saying they're limiting to less people rather than all people. Like the powerful thing to do, as you say, would be to remove the fake news outlets and get that fact checker in earlier so that it doesn't get distributed to anybody. But what's going to stop the what's going to stop the initial people sharing it with other people? Like they'll just let the people share it themselves. It's fucking benign. Uh, Yeah, benign. The problem that I have with trust indicators and fact checking and and marking online whether or not you should trust it or not. People watch videos. They don't care where they come from. They don't care what the source is. It may well be fake. It may well be edited in such a way to to show something else entirely. People do not care in the vast majority of cases where that has come from they watch it they believe it and Mm -hmm. fact checking and trust indicators no they just have to find a way to say if something is deliberately spreading something that may be harmful shut it down stop it don't allow it 100 percent. yeah and i don't know maybe someone's going to write in and go look you're being an idiot and you're oversimplifying it and this is why well, it's free speech. It's, at the end of the day, it's, it, it, there is limitations on free speech. But, you know, I agree with your catch it, bin it, kill it mantra. But, I mean, who are Facebook to fact check? What, what kind of fact checker are Facebook using, you know? Like, how do we know that they're not the most morally uh, sound business out there? I, I don't, wouldn't trust them to even fact check. Uh, this, is, uh, this isn't a slight you, but this is a nothing article that just shows that Facebook are just... Uh, I, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's nothing article because some of the choice of words is quite interesting from Jake. No, sorry, not not to the content. Sorry, not not yet. But like you know, Facebook yeah. could just. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a line that I think is quite telling here, where he says, in addition to making uh, changes to the limit of the spread of misinformation, Facebook is also making some small changes designed to keep users safe. 
right? Says, I think that that alludes to how he feels about fame. There's some small exactly, yeah. Oh God. Uh, but oh, yeah, Facebook still got it though. Well, I still have it. I don't really use it much, but I do use WhatsApp all the time and I do use Instagram all the time. So, you know, um, mm. it's tricky, but I don't know. It's what everyone's on. I, I mean, look, we're, we're almost exasperated by, by Facebook at, at this point. Um, and maybe we should. Maybe we should just both bin it off, see how much it actually affects our lives. Should have done it for Lent, shouldn't we? What, bin WhatsApp and Instagram? No, just Facebook, not WhatsApp and Instagram. Fuck no, that. Facebook. I mean, are there alternatives? I want to know, right, okay, so asking the audience, see if anyone gets in touch. Uh, apart from pointing out whether or not I'm overly, overly simplifying it and technically it's not possible or whatever else, I, I don't know, or free speech and I've just kind of got things horribly wrong, I'm open mm. to being told I'm a jerk. That's fine. Uh, mm. But are there any other apps that we could use that uh, would fulfill the function of WhatsApp uh, as readily that, is, that are available out there and as good? Anyone got any suggestions? Get a Nokia 3310 and text. Why would they get a Nokia 3310? Well, it's just like, you know, like a relatively old phone that's not hooked up. Well, we could just text on a normal phone, SMSs and Facebook. Well, there you go. Figure it out then. Well, yeah, but they cost money. Money. The whole point of- SMSs don't cost money. Surely they they're do. just they, rolled they, into your contract. Well, yeah, but, but if you send a lot of them, I mean, the whole point about WhatsApp is it's free. That is true. That we wouldn't be able to send pickies and gifts to each other for free, would we? Exactly. You hooked up onto the Wi-Fi, WhatsApp. That we need an alternative to that. I thought WhatsApp was safe, though. I thought it had a massive encryption overhaul, and you can't get into it no matter what. That's why, like MI5 and yeah, all of them are kicking WhatsApp? off of them because they can't hack Jack, terrorist chats. WhatsApp is what got the nutter in power in Brazil, who's going to destroy the rainforest. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. When it's used as a tool, yeah. Sorry, uh, I'm coming at it from the other, the different perspective. Like from your own sense of safety, I think it's better. But I mean, if it's used as a weapon, then yeah, of course, you're right. Right. I think I'll leave you to uh, go check out some, uh, maybe maybe some cooking channels. <clears throat> no, I'm going to watch Our Planet, Dave. So. <laughs> How many episodes have you watched? I think I'm halfway through the jungle one, which I think is three. So you've seen the walruses? I've seen the walruses. That was tragic. But do you know, do the polar bears, are they going to prosper from all of these kamikaze walruses? Because they can just surely eat them up. No. Like, I always try and see the silver. What do you mean, no? They're nowhere near the polar bears. Polar bears what the fuck? Be able to no, get... The polar bear walks over to the dead walruses at the end. It's the, the end scene. And they don't show him eating it. They just show oh. him walking up to it. Yeah, but they got the, you know, but the problem is that they, they, when they're out on the sea ice, where they spend half of their year, like they might be yeah, able to get That's to, when they need yeah. their food. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. Where are they going to build their dens and stuff if stuff disappears? Because the walruses have been pushed off the sea ice because it's going it's tragically sad but brilliant it, it was the worst thing i have ever seen in terms of when i say worst yeah. i mean brilliant television in a really yeah. horrific Shocking. visceral um immediate sense those elephant seals as well those the, the male elephant seals oh, that was grim. gory yeah. i mean yeah they're rank but I mean, yes, truly stunning television. I mean, Rosie can't watch it, bless her, because she loves, as she says, she loves all the uh, prey, like every animal that's prey she loves. Yeah, so, like, yeah. I called her in when the orcas were, like, tossing the penguin around. Oh, she you are like cool. That. No. Yeah, no, I mean, the, I, um, the only one that Hayley can kind of get on board with is Wildebeest, because there's a lot of them. 
but it's still kind of yeah that's fair enough that's fair enough know, that's what i was saying about seals as well like there's loads of seals don't worry about it no i feel i really feel sorry for seals and penguins no click you for some yeah. reason wildebeest i'm like look i eat a cow I, I can't really get that funny about it and you know at the same time uh, tigers and lions and cheetah cubs are quite cute so you don't want them to starve everyone's got to eat everyone's got to eat it's as simple as that circle of life speaking of lion king trailer was out today <laughs> how have we gone from technology to a lion king trailer tenuous links dave <laughs> i think we should uh, we should go away now um yeah 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 thanks for making some time we'll we'll be back on uh oh this is going out thursday friday so with you no thursday mate oh yeah <laughs> we'll be back with you on monday uh where myself and Jack will find some time to sit down face to face and record an episode that's all about the uh, low emission zone. Bet you can't wait. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. actually really interesting, I promise. Anyway, um, no, I love that shit. <laughs>